Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is new versus old school real estate investing. Which is better, to listen to the old timers and what has been working for decades or to follow those that have been in this business a year or two but they're crushing it? Are the old timers, is the old school techniques outdated and antiquated? Or are those that are making it happen right now with new school techniques, are they just lucky? And as soon as the market changes, they are going to fall flat on their face. We're going to dive into all that. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with this. I'm going to share some insight. And I am uniquely qualified to share this with you because of my background. I've been in this business as a creative real estate investor for 20 years, two decades now. The mentor I learned from came from five generations of real estate investors, and even more than that, in his early 20s, which would have been the mid-80s, he launched a magazine that was a real estate and business magazine for Nashville. And what he was doing on each and every edition was interviewing business and real estate leaders. And so for 10 years, 120 of these interviews. He learned from the greats in person. So he took all that old school wisdom from his family, from all those interviews, and he applied it to his own career. And then he poured all that into me. And then, of course, being in this business for 20 years, each and every year I've done more and more and more deals. And 2021 was our biggest year ever. And when you include all of the apprentices that I work with, the deal flow that I'm looking at is astronomical compared to what any investor could do on their own. And so I'm both old school and I'm new school. And so I'm uniquely qualified to share this with you. And now more than ever, it is so important that the information you take action on that the information you believe to be true is the truth and is not noise, is not incorrect information. I put a video together a long time ago on real estate truth versus fiction, on the signal versus the noise. It's so commonplace in our information age to get a lot of bad information. And these last two years, you know what I'm talking about, has been absolutely crazy on this subject. And so... We need to make sure as real estate investors with our limited amount of time we have that we operate with truth, with signal, and not all the noise that's out there. So that's what I help you do is separate the signal from the noise, old school ideas, new school ideas. Without further ado, let's dive in. First, I'm going to beat up on old school techniques, and then I'm going to go after some of the fallacies of new school techniques. But first, this classic old school idea. Owning properties free and clear, that that is a goal that you want to attain. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is financially irresponsible. Now, does it make sense to own a home free and clear? There was a time when it did. There was a time when our financial system was based on the gold standard. So we actually couldn't create money out of thin air from the Federal Reserve. We didn't have inflation rates like we do right now of 8%. But we do have those now. And so if you borrowed money at 3 or 4 or 5% on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage for your rental property, and inflation went up by 7.5%, you were an idiot, an idiot if you owned it free and clear. Does that make sense? That our financial structure is different than biblical days. That the Bible was talking about a time when there wasn't fiat money, A time when there actually was gold or some other precious metal backing it. That's not the case anymore. You can get interest rates of 4, 5, 6% on your investment property fixed for 30 years. 
It's financially irresponsible to have the old school technique of owning rental property free and clear. But now we all know why it is an old school technique, because our monetary system used to be different. You used to not be able to get 30 year fixed rate loans on investment properties and interest rates as low as five, six percent. In fact, one of my, the mentors of my mentor, this gentleman, by the end of his life had owned 25,000 apartment units. That gentleman would say to, to my mentor, if you can get investment money on a rental property of 6% or less, that's basically free money. That was his attitude. Again, these days, 6% sounds like a high interest rate. But if you look at the, the history of interest rates, that is fairly low for investment property. So I think I've driven this point home. Don't own your rental properties free and clear. It's financially irresponsible. That is an outdated and antiquated old school technique. Another old school technique that if you follow is going to put you behind the eight ball and that is to focus on one niche. So just probates or just pre-foreclosures or just foreclosures. That attitude is not going to get you anywhere in today's marketplace. There's too much competition. Information on our business has been shared so much more than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. There's so few people that really knew all the little angles in real estate investing when you go back 30, 40 years ago. It's because we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the, the ability to share the information the way we do today. So you can't be a one-trick pony. You've got to be able to pull out just like if you've ever seen those old Swiss Army knives where they had all those different components you could pull out, or a full toolbox, you need to be able to pull out every tool in the tool belt so that for each deal, you make money on that deal based on the best technique for that deal. I hear sometimes people ask me, Phil, do you teach wholesaling? Well, yeah, of course, we teach them all. Any technique that makes money. Now, the techniques that we don't teach are the ones that lose money. That's a technique I don't teach. I only teach the ones that make a profit. And so you need to look at this business from the perspective of any time an opportunity comes your way, you need to know how to profit from that opportunity because there's plenty of competition out there. And yes, I understand the phrase, there are riches in niches. But the niche for our business as a creative real estate investor is not the niche of wholesaling or probate, or foreclosures, which there are very few right now. Instead, it is working directly with off-market sellers. Now that's a niche, right? Working directly with off-market sellers, as opposed to going to auctions, there's not that many, but when there are some and you're having to compete with a bunch of other people, telling real estate agents that if anything comes on the MLS, you'll make an offer. You know, that's what I call on-market techniques. Let the sucker investor buyers do those deals. But your niche can be focused on off-market deals but not so niched that within off-market you only do this. Another example would be, you know, you only make an offer to a seller that's 65 cents on the dollar, and you're only going to pay cash for it and fix it up and resell it. You niche yourself that way, you're not going to get any deals. I mean, yeah, there's ever so often, you know, maybe once or twice a year, you run into a seller that has such a junker of a home, you can offer a super low price, there's nobody else bidding on the deal, and you can get a home run. That happens. Our apprentices, we do it all the time. But it's usually about once or twice a year. Meanwhile, the vast majority of deals are not niched like that. These old school formulas that used to work in the 80s and 70s, and they don't really apply now. You've got to be a lot more flexible. You've got to be focused on the body of working with sellers 
and then focused on not being a one-trick pony but having a lot of different techniques that you can pull out of your belt so that you can make money on every single opportunity that comes your way. A third old-school maxim that is completely bogus, and you've heard this phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That is not correct in creative real estate investing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you drop me off in your market right now, you give me three, six months, I will have everybody beat. And I don't know anybody in your market. I don't have any connections. I don't need to know anybody. It's not who you know in our world. It is absolutely what you know. What you know makes all the difference in the world. Now, there are certain niches within real estate where referrals could play a role. An example would be if, if you have a great relationship with several of the largest commercial real estate brokers in your region and you're sitting on a pile of several million dollars or more and you're looking to buy some more property, they might call you up because commercial real estate still operates a little bit on the good old boy system. They don't typically use an MLS. There is a loop net. There is a co-star, but they don't use it that much. No, no, th this is residential real estate and we're working with sellers. It's all about what you know. Because you're not getting referrals and a lot of pocket listings from agents. It doesn't work that way. That is definitely an old and antiquated technique. It's about what you know about finding great deals. What you know about using technology and other techniques in order to get to sellers before agents do, before your competition does. And that's all about what you know, not who you know. I think it's very encouraging for people looking to get into creative real estate investing. I'm not a networker. And neither are any of my apprentices. We don't network. That doesn't play a role. If you never go to a, a local real estate investor club meeting, you're not missing anything if you're getting your information from the right source on what to do. Networking really doesn't play a role in our business. And I know that surprises a lot of people, but that's the truth. That's the signal. Who you know doesn't matter. What you know does, because what you know can get you right around the people that supposedly have the whole market to themselves. Uh-uh. If you know what you're doing, you can just sidestep them. They'll get upset. They'll be surprised. But that's the new school technique, and that's how you can dominate your market by what you know, not who you know. All right, well, there's enough on beating up on the old school. Those are just three examples. So now let's beat up on some new school techniques. Where new schoolers fall short, primarily is in their dependence on technology, on putting so much on technology and therefore removing the personal element of the business. A great example of that is automating follow-up. I put a video together a while back on the way you can give yourself an automatic free raise as a creative real estate investor, and it's on the topic of follow-up. There's fortune in the follow-up. But so often what I see with those that are just getting into the business is they want to use the latest technology tools to automate their follow-up, whether it be email, text, direct to voicemail. And what they find is this, automated follow-up just is not as effective as individual manual follow-up. <gasps> I said manual follow-up, not using CRM fancy tools to automate. That's exactly what I said. You see, what happens is those people that you're trying to reach out to, they're very sensitive to those that actually care about their situation. So if you do a manual follow-up, it's going to be very personal. You'll be able to connect it directly to maybe the previous conversation you had, some other detail where they know you know them and you, they know that you care. We're getting so much, we're getting spam text these days, right? So 
they're not going to trust those automated sounding messages. And most of those automated systems have some sort of press stop or text stop to stop or some other disclaimer for an opt-out. And what you want is you want it to be a lot more personal. So you're using your, let's say, your Google Voice, and you're manually inputting that. And you might say, well, Phil, that takes a while. Well, first of all, you're not dealing with a ton of leads here. Some of you might be marketing quite heavily, but even if you are, you're probably not even generating one lead a day. And this is very different from other businesses that do have thousands and thousands of leads a month, and they do have to go automated just to keep up with it all. But we're in a business that, that's just not even we're near that conversation. And so if you do generate quite a few, like some of our graduates and my top apprentices that are about to graduate from my program, they'll hire an assistant to manually follow up, manually leave that, that custom voicemail, manually text. Manual follow-ups do so much better than automated. And so that's where new schoolers get it wrong. But it makes sense. They want to use technology. They want to leverage it to get more done. And the problem is they're getting less done because the manual follow-up is where it's at. Another ineffective new school technique is making your offers with sellers over the phone or online. Look, we have seen all the studies, and if you haven't, it's pretty fascinating, just how often it is that people prefer text or email correspondence versus a phone call. And even further down that list is an in-person meeting. And so, yes, it is less efficient to present your offers to sellers in person. But ladies and gentlemen, it's incredibly effective, more so now than ever. Going old school with presenting offers is going to put more deals in your hopper. You'll see. And it's because everyone else is phoning online. And sellers are still sellers. They're still human. They're still going to be more persuaded in person than over the phone. You're going to build more credibility and more trust in person than over the phone. Now look, there was a time when I would say about 10, 12, uh, maybe 8 years ago when we could get away with this. And that was because uh, we had the market to ourselves basically. But look, a lot of y'all have caught up. And so we have to take it to the next level to beat our competition. And this is one of the key moves that uh, we're seeing is making a huge impact. Always presenting offers in person. Yes, it means you have to drive out to the property. Yes, it is less efficient. You spent not only money and gas, but you know during these days where everyone is so scared to be around each other, they think everybody's got cooties, it's not necessarily comfortable to go meet in person. But this is a much more effective way. It is an old school technique but ladies and gentlemen, it works. Another new school technique, call it a technique, more like a behavior, that is incredibly ineffective is flaunting your success online. Look, you're working with motivated sellers, some of which are not that motivated, but they're sellers, and their biggest fear is that you're going to screw them. That's what they're most worried about. And so if you're on your social media talking about how much money you just made on that last deal and, and showing off how big and bad you are, that's a big mistake because the sellers are going to find that and they're going to back up and they're going to say, you know what, I don't necessarily need to help this 25-year-old get his first Lambo. Eh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell this to somebody else. Instead, yes, you can be excited about helping sellers posting videos of you working with a seller and saying, hey, I'm here with Jim. I just bought his house. Jim, what do you think about working with me? And then Jim says, oh, this is great. Actually, you know, Phil was, Phil was awesome. He did what he said he was going to do when he said he was going to do it. Well, Jim, I really appreciate you putting your trust in me and selling your house to me. And thanks so much. 
All right, so that's not flaunting your success. Instead, that's celebrating the way you're helping customers. So I'm not saying you're not going to use social media and you're just going to be some hermit and not share any information. I'm saying be careful about flaunting your success. I think this has been a, a, another problem too because the younger generation, the generation just below mine, uh, is somewhat numb to privacy. They're just so used to everything being online and every single bit of information can be shared and people can videotape when they're doing a keg stand and all these other things that get posted online. I think you've got to be careful here. If you really want to be successful as a creative real estate investor working directly with sellers and that is because they're going to find the information and they're worried that you're going to take advantage of them. And if they see you acting like an arrogant punk, they're not going to sell the property to you. You might be saying, but Phil, I, I want to build my YouTube channel like you. I don't Okay, well, uh, do you see me with a Lambo behind me? Do you see me flaunting all of the assets that I've accumulated? No. Instead, I'm teaching you wisdom, truth, signal, so you can be successful. And if you're not impressed by the, the background, I don't care. Uh, I, know, I know how successful I am. But if you're going to make a go as a creative real estate investor, be strategic about what you're posting online. Always cognizant that your ultimate customer is a seller that is worried, that is untrusting of, of anyone they're working with, and they want to feel like they're working with somebody who's going to treat them right. All right, y'all. Well, that is just some examples of old school versus new school. But what's my point? It's this, that you've got to be able to separate the signal from the noise. That there are some techniques that the old timers developed that work just as well today as they did 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And vice versa, there are techniques that newcomers have pioneered and then those techniques need to be taken seriously because some of them are very effective. Now, I have a unique combination of the two, and I suggest that whoever you listen to, that they have that combination, that they can embrace new technology, new ideas, while also not letting go of those timeless ideas that will always work. I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com, and if you would like to work directly with me and my team, consider my apprentice program where we will work with you hand in hand. We will train you into a first-class market-leading real estate professional.